good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. and I'm secure with it, so I'm okay answering this question. So if you happen to have a nail file on your person, if you have a nail file, raise your hand. I got to see it. Now, I see some of you just raising your hand saying, I got it, but I got to see it. I got to see the. I got one back here. Oh, very good. Come on up here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. She was quick to the draw. Very good. Oh, we got one. I already got one. I just had one. I just need one. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Man, you got to be quick to the draw. All right, what's my last one? Okay, this, I got two women up here, so hopefully a guy can come up here and join me. Um, But if you happen to have, now this is not lip gloss, this is not lipstick, this is chapstick. Do you have chapstick? Anybody got a chapstick? I see a guy back there, do you got it? Raise it high, do you got it? All right, come on, I do have a guy, come on, yeah, give him a good round of a hand, yes, come on. All right, very good, very good. Well, it's a good thing, you know, we at least got the good-looking guy out of the bunch, so awesome. It makes for good TV. That's all right, man. Thanks. All right. All right, so now, since you are the very first contestant, I'm going to give you the first option. We have over here, we have box number one, box number two, or we have an envelope. Which would you like to choose? You would like to choose the envelope. Are you sure? Because this could have money in it, or it could have a zonk. So are you sure? Because there's two boxes over here that you could still choose from. Do you want this envelope or would you want one of these boxes? Or would you like behind what's door number three? We don't have a door. We don't have a door number three. But all right. So all right. You'll take this. All right. Very good. Or would you like to open it since everybody is wondering what you have in that? All right. No turning back now. Oh, a gift card to Tim Hortons. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. I think there's enough for more than one coffee, and so I'm free for coffee, and so therefore. (laughs) All right, so you were contestant number two, and you came up with a nail file. Is that what you have? Very good. So I'm going to give you an option of box number one or box number two. The box on the right, this one right here. All right, so we have box number one and box number two, and you're choosing this. This is the smaller box of the two, and so you want the smaller box. Am I clear on that? Last chance. I could give you an option to steal what she has, but she said she already wanted it, so you can't have it. So you want this box right here. Okay. Everybody, are you ready to see what she has? Do I got my music? Oh, I don't have my music. Well, listen, you have a very one-of-a-kind masterpiece work of art of my 11-year-old girl that made a Play-Doh unicorn that looks like a rhino. And so, uh, it looks like a horse. Well, very good. Well, hey, listen, I want you to enjoy that and have fun with it. Now, no playing with that during church, all right? All right, very good. So, Mr. Brian, that means that you are contestant number three, and you are the only one that's left to have the opportunity. So, would you like box number two that has nothing in it, or would you choose box number one? You'll take one. All right, very good, very good choice. And what do we have here? Oh, we have some CD series of... The Walking Dead, and Vital Signs. Whoa, this dude is awesome. Pastor Tony Umber, man, I'm telling you what, by Genesee Valley Church. <laughs> so there you go. All right, come on, can you give him a hand? All right, amen. You guys can have a seat. Eh? 
All right, now, you want to come back next week because we'll be doing some more fun things like that, and so you just might want to get into the game, all right? Now, listen, you realize that also every week the prizes get better, and so one of these weeks there just might be a free car. So you want <laughs> you don't, <laughs> yes, you get a car and you get a car, amen. And so you just want to come back, amen? So isn't it interesting that as we get ready to start this series and just having some fun and obviously the, the game show of let's make a deal, you're familiar with it or maybe you've seen it in the past. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we could say that we wish that God and how God functioned and how God operated was like a game show. That if I was able just to pull the lever, if I was able to spin the wheel, if I just had just the right kind of luck that God would be able to bless me and that life would be so great. But how many of you know that this life with God is no, or it is, I'm not even saying it right, I'm trying to get proper. It ain't no game show. Amen? We got it up there, there we go. So the name of our series is This Ain't No Game Show. And so we're just going to purpose to dive into some things concerning just the heart of God. And as I said, when it comes to this life of, of walking with God, many, many of us would like to say, God, I would really like for things to be easy. I wish that I could pull the handle. I wish that I could spin the wheel and that everything would just come into line like I want it to be. But how many of you know that that's not reality? That's not how God functions. That isn't how he works. And the thing is, if that's not how God works, the reason that we're disappointed with that is because it leaves to us some part of the responsibility. There's the God side and then there's the man side. And there's a responsibility that we hold when it comes to receiving from God, when it comes to the promises of God, to see God do what he said that he would do. The truth is... If we really know what's good for us, if we know the heart of God, we would truly say, God, I don't want it to be that way. I don't want it to be like a game show. I don't want it to be, well, if I just spin the wheel or if I just have luck or if it's just left to chance. No, we want God to honor his word like he says. He says, my word never fails. It doesn't return to me void. He says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. The only thing that comes with that is that it requires you and I to have faith in order to trust God to see him do what he said he would do. In fact, for that matter, there's a formula. Did you realize that God is a formula kind of God? We just sang that song that, God, you're perfect in all of your ways. So God has ways of doing things, and they're perfect. And in that, we begin to find out that he's a good father and that he loves us. And everything about that is to draw us deeper and closer into a relationship with him. But there is a formula that X plus Y equals Z. And God never said, you don't know what the formula is. Or you just have to throw your hands up in the air and hope and wish. He says, no, I've given you some instructions. I've given you some some." some Ways by which you can know how to tap into the promises of God, the blessings of God, and live this life that you desire. If you remember just a few years ago, I believe it was back in 2012, there was the Mega Million Lottery. Anybody remember that? In fact, I looked it up online to see what the biggest 
lump sum was. And it was during that era of 2012. And the Mega Million Lottery got up to $656 million. I've never been one to play lottery. I don't know that I've ever played lottery in my life. But I'm telling you, that would have been the time to start playing. Maybe many of you even got into that thinking, well, dear God, I mean, it's just a chance a needle in a haystack, but who knows? I could be the one. You know, where you purpose just to say, well, I'll try my luck. Think about that. Five, or no, 656 million, I believe they said that the payout, if you just took one lump sum, was 400 and some million dollars. Come on, if you're purposing to play the lottery, you're thinking, dear God, if I ever won that, it's going to be a game changer. Life is different. Life has changed right now, and life is going to be living large. Come on. You want to get all humble. I know you say, oh, no, I wouldn't change. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I go right back to work. You lie. You would be, you'd be spending money before you ever got the first check, right? You'd be living large. And you'd be saying, man, we are going to live life in the excess. And for us as Christians, and oftentimes in our religious thinking, we often say, well, yeah, but God doesn't desire for us to live that way. He desires for us to be poor and humble because in that humility of poverty, we can trust God for every need that we have. And in our squalling and bawling, in our grumbling and complaining, God gets glory. That's not the case. That is not how God functions. In fact, Jesus said quite the opposite. He said, the reason that I've come is that you would have life and life more abundantly. And that word abundantly means in quality and quantity. Now, I'm no Greek scholar, but I I, I can follow after those that are. And there was an individual that was... His name was Dr. Strong, and if you've ever done any, any Bible study, there's the Strong's Commentary or the Concordance. And so here's what he had found in his studies concerning the actual Greek where Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. It means to be exceeding measure and rank or need. So whatever the need is, there's excess. Whatever the rank may be, it doesn't matter to you because there's excess. He says, exceeding in measure, rank, or need, over and above, more than is necessary, super added, surplus, super abundance, superior in quality, superior in abundance of quality or in quality. And Dr. Strong's commentary says, by implication, it means excessive. Jesus came, says, I've come that you might have life and life to the excess, that you would live life excessively. And for us to have this religious bone in us, we'd say, well, no, that's not the way I was taught. I knew people that just barely got by. I knew preachers that struggled. Listen, you realize that this life of faith is not easy. But it was never God's desire for us to struggle and just barely get by. He said, the whole reason that I came was so that you could experience life to a whole nother level. Now, if you don't believe that, then let me ask you the question. Why are you spending the best years of your life and the majority of your life working to obtain it? If it's not important, then why do we give the best parts of our lives trying to obtain wealth? And as I said, 
if you won the mega million, I know you wouldn't be going back to work tomorrow. Now, realize we're in church, so don't lie and tell me, I go. No, listen, I know you. I wouldn't go back. I mean, I'd start, I'd start paying off church bills, man. It'd be like, awesome, right? Come on, $556 million. Think what you could do in a church. I mean, you would be, you would be the church that everybody talked about. Like, dear God, look at that place. Look at the staff that they have. Look at what they're doing for the community, man. Wouldn't it be great? But listen, God is a God that requires us to trust him and have faith. If you remember, we talked a few weeks ago talking about insider trading and how insider trading is illegal because you're getting inside information to get ahead in life. In this world, in the world system, and in the world market, that is illegal. But in God's system, that is completely legal because he says, I've given you every trick, every tip, every inside information. I've given you the book. So therefore, if you want to succeed in life, if you want to be above and not beneath, if you want to live this life of excess that I came to give, it's right here and it's for you to find out. Amen. Now, here's what you've got to understand. With God, nothing is get rich quick. It is never just overnight. And obviously, our heart is always a condition by which God blesses us or increases us because he's not going to give you beyond what you're having the ability to maintain. Because God never intended for stuff to have you. He wanted you to have stuff to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Amen. Are you here this morning? And so we're going to learn in these next few weeks just how it is that God desires for us to truly begin to trust him and walk with him and trust him in these areas of life. And as I said, the kicker of the whole thing is that it's spiritual principles that we have to apply and it takes faith. Say it with me. It takes faith. I've got to trust God. Do you trust God? If you don't know yet. Well, hopefully by the time we're done in this series, you'll trust God with your livelihood. You'll trust God with everything that you are to say, God, you are a good, good father. You're perfect in all of your ways. And God, everything about you is taking me deeper and deeper and deeper in this relationship with you. Now, I'm going to take a little bit different direction this morning than which I originally intended. And so it's just for the sake of helping us grow as a church. But first of all, I just want to just talk to you a little bit about what you as a church did for us, for my wife and I, last week. Last week, you guys recognized us, honored us for pastor appreciation. And I'm telling you, it is such a blessing. It was such an honor. It was such such a heartfelt emotion for my wife and I to say, wow, look at what the church did did for us. You don't know how much of a blessing that that is and how much of a blessing it is to encourage us in, again, I I can't even wrap words around just how much we appreciate pastoring this church and that you would take the time to recognize us and say, God, we just want to honor our pastors. The letters that you gave, the the, the money, the uh, gift cards, it was just such a tremendous blessing. And so thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for, for blessing us in that regard. Now, just to address a couple questions, because, you know, obviously when you, these things kind of happen, you know, you start hearing uh, talk and people begin to question some things. And, and so just so that you understand just the whole dynamic of what took place, you know, uh, individuals had said or asked the question, you know, well, it looks like 
it looks like the letter came from pastor. <laughs> and if you recall, the, the, the letter was from the church board. It did not come from me as a pastor. But you realize that as a church board, they are the board of Genesee Valley Church. And so therefore, the letterhead that came to you was from Genesee Valley Church. And on there, it had my name because I'm the pastor. <laughs> That's all it was. And so just in the event that you're thinking, well, wow, that's really good. Pastor sends out a letter and, you know, hey. (laughs) That's not what it was. It was the fact that the church board sent this out for the sake of helping you. And you might say, well, why would they do that? Because you realize that as a church board, a church board helps lead a church. They're there for counsel and wisdom for me as a pastor. But in that, what they did is they're endeavoring to help teach a church how to honor. That's their heart. That was their purpose and that was their intent. And to be quite honest with you, I've always done a very poor job in talking about this kind of thing. Having this kind of conversation with the church. Because I realize that when it comes to a church, there's people that are just new. There's people that really don't understand church. There's people that have been around forever and have been hurt by this past experience or whatever it is. And so it comes across as real self-seeking when you have this kind of conversation with your church, right? And so I've always just been extremely skittish in having that kind of conversation or just talking or teaching about it because, again, I realize that it comes across as being self-seeking. Are you tracking with me? And so when you think about it just as as a church, and, and really how we did it last week, it was just kind of something that we squeezed in. It was just kind of something at the end. There wasn't really a whole lot of fanfare. It was just like, well, you know, if you want to give, there you go. And, again, why do we do that? Just because, again, I'm a little gun shy of making a lot of hoopla about it. But I want you to understand something that there is a spiritual significance behind what you did as a church. I want you to understand and I want to just take the opportunity to teach you guys this morning as to the significance of what you did because it's not just a means by which you say well hey we're going to bless our pastor and maybe they can you know go out to dinner or whatever it is no there is a spiritual implication a spiritual return as a result of what you do as a church amen in fact i just remembered i got a cooler last week that had bluegill and venison in it i'm thinking whoa talk about appreciation yeah come on i'm telling you that's the way to do it you know that's awesome But again, there is a spiritual connection, there's a spiritual relationship, there's a spiritual principle that takes place. And so listen, I I hope that you'll hear me this morning, because once again, I'm wanting to help us as a church understand the roles and the principles by which God increases us, us, develops us, and helps us grow as a church body. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, it says this. He says, I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Now listen to that. The Bible says that God has a heart concerning you. And everybody's different. And how many of you know that Genesee County has the most churches per capita in the United States? 
So there's a lot of pastors, there's a lot of so-called pastors, there's a lot of individuals that shouldn't be pastoring that are, but God says, I will give you a pastor after my heart. So if you're here today and you say, I feel like God led me here, I'm a part of this church family, it's because God had a heart for you and connected you to a shepherd or a pastor. And notice what it goes on to say. It says, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. He says, these shepherds or these pastors will help feed you and give you knowledge and understanding. Amen? Now, we sit here this morning in church, and there are probably literally millions of people that are in church this morning, and they're saying, yes, I put my time in. I went to church. But you've got to understand something. There's something about going to church and saying, I know the pastor. But it's entirely different in saying, I have a pastor. It's about the relationship. Because you can know a pastor all day long and it not benefits you any. You can know a pastor and it not draw you close to God in any measure, in in, in any way. But to say, I have have a pastor. That's my pastor. And when they speak, oh, it blesses me. See, again, there's an entirely different relationship. So who and and what is a pastor? In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says this. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Now, I'm going to stop right there before we go any further. Because I'm going to come back and I'm going to address that sentence where it says, obey your leaders, your spiritual leaders, and do what they say. Because if I don't take the, 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 the time to pause right now, many will get hung up on that first sentence and not hear anything else. So don't get hung up on what that first sentence was. I'm going to come back and address it in just a moment. Let me read it again. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Now, pay attention to this part. Their work is to watch over your soul, and they are accountable to God. Give them a reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Notice what it says here. It says, the work that God has given them as a pastor and as a shepherd is to watch over your soul. Now, obviously, you have a responsibility in in your soul, in your relationship with God. But the Bible says that as a leader, as a pastor, I have an accountability. I have a role and a responsibility in the welfare of your soul. And the Bible says that when I stand before God as a pastor, he's going to say, why did you not do or why did you do this or do that? I'm going to be accountable to the condition of your spiritual welfare and health. Now, again, as I said, you have a part to play in that. Amen? And then he says, let him do it with joy. <laughs> Man, come on. How many of you have ever had kids and, and, and raising those kids, it was not joyful? <laughs> right? Oh, dear God. Or maybe it was that certain age and they're like, oh, my God, just give them away, <laughs> you know? Well, as a pastor, you really are a spiritual father. And so God says, just don't be those kids that give your pastor a hard time let him do it with joy amen and you guys are such great people to pastor now let me come back to that statement 
where I said, where it says to obey your spiritual leaders. Do what they say. In the Greek, when you look up that sentence, here's what it's defined as. It says, yield to, trust in, and have confidence. Be, be persuaded to believe or have faith. Well, remember what we just read in Jeremiah chapter 3. It says that these shepherds feed you to have knowledge and understanding. Well, if you're not going to come to a place of trusting or having confidence in the person that you call your pastor, then what they say is never going to have any weight in your life, right? If you're sitting back thinking, I don't know, he kind of looks shady. I don't know about that guy. You know, they drive those big Cadillacs. You just know they have the big houses. They're just out for the money, right? Well, if you don't have confidence and trust in the person that you call pastor, then you're never going to hear to where you begin to grow in wisdom and understanding to the point where you begin to believe and have faith in God. Right? So what is saying? Obey or just simply develop confidence and trust in that spiritual leader. Because if you'll have confidence in them that they're teaching you correctly, it will begin to help you grow and develop spiritually to the point where you can begin to believe this thing called the Bible and have faith in God. Amen. How many of you know that there's a natural relationship that God uses to bring about spiritual application to our lives? Amen. Come on, how many of you know that in order for you to be saved, to receive Christ, you've got to hear the gospel? Well, God's not down here preaching it himself. He needs needs natural men and women to share the good news with somebody, right? And that natural relationship brings about a spiritual relationship. Amen? Continuing with this idea of what a spiritual leader is or what a pastor is in our life, Paul makes... This reference to us concerning Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I'm praying for you. He says, first of all, I'm praying for you that you would have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. In the knowledge of Jesus, rather. And so what does that spiritual relationship do of a spiritual leader? It begins to help you have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Let me just share this with you because this is a very crucial piece of information. There are things that you need to hear and that God needs to teach you. And so many of us will say, well, God, why don't you just teach me those things? God's not going to teach you what's on the inside of another person. And through the spiritual relationship, God will use the relationship to get you the information. Does that make sense? And so if we're like, dear God, it just seems like I need to hear from heaven. Every Sunday you hear from heaven because God uses a man to speak to the body of Christ. Can you say amen? Are you doing okay with this? Again, I'm just trying to help teach us to help you understand what you did last week, what the significance of that is. In Ephesians, he goes on to say this. He says that as a result of you having wisdom and revelation, that you begin to know all the benefits, the promises, and the inheritance that Jesus came to give to experience this life of excess that he said was for us. When you know Jesus, you begin to understand and know that the devil's already defeated. 
So therefore, we're not trying to fight against an enemy. No, the Bible says he's already defeated. So why do you have to fight against somebody that's defeated? And then it goes on to say, to know how big God's love is. What is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of it? And to know it for practical experience for ourselves. That's my heart for you as a church. That you would learn and find out how much God loves you. If you knew how much Jesus loves you, you would never struggle with faith again. If you knew how much Jesus loves you, you would never struggle with money again. If you knew how much God loved you, you would never struggle to go to church again. If you knew how much God loves you, and you're saying, God, I'm praying for my pastor. Use my pastor day. And when you hear things and it seems like, ah, that hurt a little bit. But wait a minute, I prayed for that. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that, even though it kind of hurt a little bit. Stretch me. Stretch me outside of my comfort zone. Again, growing in this relationship with God. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul continues to go on to say, he said, there's a protocol that there's these spiritual relationships. He says, you have a divine purpose. Come on, you don't just exist to breathe air, to take up room on this planet, to make a mess. He says, you have a divine purpose. There is a reason that you exist that has been created by God. And the Apostle Paul says that the way that you begin to grow in knowing that is to have a spiritual leader help mature you to begin to understand the work of the ministry, which is called your ministry or your purpose, and that it brings edification or it builds the body of Christ. Apart from having spiritual leaders in our lives, I cannot find my divine purpose. It's impossible according to God's equation and formula. We need each other. I need you and you need me. It's how God made it. Amen? Now, I realize that oftentimes when we have these kind of conversations, it's real easy to say, well, you're a pastor. You're just a man just like I am. Yep, I am. I make mistakes. I disappoint myself, disappoint my family. Man. I'll be the first to admit that. But outside of my natural man, there's an office that I stand in called a pastor. And therefore, God anoints my voice to speak into the life of God's church. And let me give you a different example to kind of help bring clarity to that. For instance, let's just say, God forbid, but man, you got yourself into a real bad situation. You were texting, driving down the road, knew you shouldn't have been texting, but you ran into a car and there was a child in that car that got killed because you were texting and driving. Now, it's looking bad for you. And they said that you're going to be going before the judge in about a week and a half. There's two judges that you might be facing. There is Judge Hatchet. That is known for sending people up the river. He has no tolerance, no patience. He's very hard. And so therefore you could go before Judge Hatchet. Or you could go before a judge that is your friend. Who do you want to stand before? Do you want to stand before Judge Hatchet? Or the judge that is one of your good friends? Now I don't know that that would even be legally acceptable, but I'm saying if you could, most of us, I believe, 
I'm speaking for myself, I want to stand before the judge. That's my friend because he's going to love me the best way that he can, right? But he's just a man. But what's the difference between the two men that I could possibly stand before? They're human beings just like anybody else. Do they make mistakes? Could they have been possibly texting and driving the day before and just didn't get caught? Sure. But the thing is, is that them being just men, they put on a robe and stand in an office of a judge. And the moment that they speak, it impacts your life. And whatever they rule or say or speak into your life has the ability to affect your future. A pastor's much like that in the sense that God has anointed them to speak into the life of a church because they stand in an office. I'm just a man like you. But in that office, God equips me to speak into your life. Listen to what 1 Peter says. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. It says, God has given us each, or given, given each of you a gift from the great uh, variety of spiritual gifts. It says, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Every time that I get up to minister, I say, God, use my mouth. Let me speak on your behalf. And if we'll come to church understanding that God, when I come and hear from the man, I get to hear from you. Does that make sense? There are spiritual ministers, mentors, fathers in the faith, pastors that have spoke into my life that whenever I go to a meeting, when I sit under them, I'm on the edge of my seat saying, God, I want to hear from you today. Well, is God going to speak to me audibly? No, he's going to use that person up there to speak and impact my life. And I look forward to it, and I come with expectation, and I come with faith saying, God, I need you to talk to me. There's some things going on in my life. I need you to talk to me. I need some answers. God, I need you to talk to me. Well, who's he going to use to talk to me? The man. Can you say amen? Spiritual leaders feed us with knowledge and understanding. If I look beyond the person and trust and have confidence in the voice of the office, it will persuade me to believe God and have faith in God. Now, bringing that all to a close, to help us understand, to help you understand what you did last week to honor a pastor. Why is that significant? How does that bless you? In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. It says, Honor God with wealth or says substance in another translation. You can respect with words, but you honor with substance. What did you do last week? You honored A shepherd that God gave you that speaks into your life. And you said, thank you. And as a result, God in turn begins to open up the windows of heaven, tune in your ears to not just see the man that stumbles over himself at time or makes mistakes just like you, but begins to hear God speaking directly to each of us. Amen. In Galatians Chapter 6, 
again, addressing the gift that you did last week. It says this. It says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows of his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows of the spirit will of his spirit reap everlasting life. What's that say? It says, those that teach you the word, wisdom and understanding, you reciprocate that with natural things. And what you sow or give into their life, it's not just a natural thing, it's a spiritual thing. And if you'll give understanding that is a spiritual impartation or gift, God says, I'll cause you to receive spiritual things because you honor with natural things. Are you tracking with me this morning? It's getting kind of quiet in here. Are you just ready to go home or are you doing okay? All right, very good. Now, if I can just share this just to bring it to a close of personal experiences. You might say, that all sounds good because you're talking about you, Pastor. It's self-serving. It's self-seeking. And that's not my, my intent, but it's to help us understand the value of the relationship. Two years ago, during pastor appreciation, and I've never shared this necessarily very this specific as I'm going to today. It just seems right to share it, and I don't say it for the sake of putting my personal information out there. But two years ago, on pastor appreciation, my wife and I was talking about how we would honor our pastors. And so I had this number in my head of $500. And God says, well, that's nice, but why don't you double it? (laughs) I mean, that's tough. I mean, $500 wasn't easy. But God says, why don't you double it? So pastor appreciation is in the month of October. So I'm stirring on this. I'm like, okay, God, yeah, wow, praise the Lord. Now, I don't have a whole lot of excess just sitting in the bank. Well, in the midst of God stirring my heart, our well went out. And I'm thinking, dear God, well costs five grand. It costs more than five grand. I said, God, I said, now's not a real good time to be given and honoring with $1,000. I could use that $1,000. And I'm telling you, I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with that because I'm thinking, God, I have an immediate need right now that's multiple thousands of dollars. And finally, I told her, in fact, I think I shared this Wednesday night and said I put it in the mail, but literally, that's not how it was. I just kind of was being vague. I told her, write the check, give it to me. I'm driving it there right now. Why did I do that? Because I was wrestling with the need and wrestling with what God said. I said, God, I know you said it. Therefore, if you said sow a seed, you will provide for the need. And so I said, write the check, and I drove it up there, and I put it in their mailbox. Our pastors called us the next day and said, well, did you drop this off in, in, in person? And I'm like, yep, we did. Just wanted to get it up to you. Just no one needed to. And then she went out to, to lunch with uh, our pastor's wife. She says, well, why, why did you do that? Why did you not just send it or whatever? And she said, well, because this is what's happened. And so, therefore, he just said, well, I got to get it up there. Not going to think on it no more. And so he just brought it up. And she said, well, praise God. We're going to believe God with you that you're going to just see everything come to pass. And I'm telling you what, I had two weeks to get my will done. I gave him a window because I said, God, I need you to move in two weeks. 
They showed up a week early, and I said, you're going to have to give me some more grace. They gave me grace, but by the time I told them I'd have the money the next week, all of the money had came in for the $5,000. Why? Because I just purposed to trust God. And it started with honoring my pastor because he's spoken into my life so many times. Now, again, it may sound self-seeking, but if you understood the relationship, man, I tell you, my pastor has influenced my life so much. And then last year, pastor appreciation, I got a letter from from their their office saying, this is what we want to do for our pastor. We want to bless him with a brand new motorcycle. Like, well, praise the Lord, I need a brand new motorcycle. And I thought, well, praise the Lord, if, if I have a need for a motorcycle, might as well invest in a motorcycle. And so I had a number in my head. Once again, God said, double it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like you. They bought the motorcycle. For the, well, I'm not even going to tell you what it was because sometimes people get hung up on things. doesn't matter what it was. It was a very, 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 very nice motorcycle. Brand spanking new. Nice. <laughs> I would look good on it. <laughs> it was not nice. So they drove it into the into the, 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 the sanctuary. Now he didn't know anything about it. And this is a loud bike. They're driving it in, and he's standing up front just beside himself. And they didn't want me, they didn't want him to see me, so they made me come in late and sit in the back because if they saw, if he saw me, then he would have figured something was up. So I snuck in late, sat in the back, and when they started riding in the motorcycle, I stood up on the back seat row wanting to see it. I'm looking at my pastor, and he's just overwhelmed. And I'm just bawling. I'm thinking, God, you've assigned that man to me to speak into my life on so many occasions. And God, it is such an honor to serve that man that has served his life for the body of Christ. If I can help you understand how much God loves you and how that relationship just blesses you, because we would not be here today in this building if it were not for men that have loved me, spoken to my life. Because this building was an impossibility. This building was not even possible. But God made a way. When they offered us this building, there was another church that came in, offered them over $100,000 above the asking price and was offering cash for it. And they said, no, we want them to have it. From a natural standpoint, it was physically, financially impossible. And I said to my wife, we cannot afford to do this, but we can't afford to not do it. Why? Because people's lives matter. How did I take such a leap of faith to say, God, we can't do it, but we can't afford not to do it. It's because I had men in my life that showed me how to trust God and live by faith. And therefore, I've invested in their lives to say, God, I need what they have. The spirit of faith that they have to trust you and know you, I want that to walk like that before my people. Amen. And you're here today, not because of just a pastor, but you're here today in this building because of men that have invested in me, love me, Talk me off the edges so many times. 
but I've been able to grab hold of their faith because I've invested into their lives. And so the investment that you made into our lives, I want you to understand that the faith that we carry, God begins to help stir that up in you. And there are going to be things in your life where you say, God, it's too big. And God says, remember who I connected you with. You've got a spirit of faith about you. You can trust me because I'm a big God. I'm a good, good father. Amen. And so I just want to pray for you. And my way of saying thank you on a corporate level, can I just pray for you? Because I believe that as you've invested in us, there's a return coming into your life. Amen. Will you hook your faith up with me? Because your seed was not even so much about blessing us, but it's about how God wants to bless you. Will you join me up here? Can we all stand? Sometimes when you get to the end of these messages, you don't feel like you've done it justice and you still try to feel like you're trying to explain yourself, but hopefully you understood a little bit of what I'm trying to share with you today about that relationship and just how significant you, you, your honoring of us last week really was. Amen. Can I pray for you? With every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, thank you so much for this church. Thank you for the relationships that we've developed, the friendships, the family, the children. God, we're so thankful for this church and these people that we're able to do life with them, to do ministry together with them, to go through the good and go through the bad, the ups and the downs. And God, we so want to fight for these people that God... You said the gates of hell would not prevail against us. And so, God, we lift them up to you. That, God, as they have invested in us, in our family, our ministry, our lives, those that desire to but maybe were unable to, God, I know that you'll bless them as well because it's not a matter of the gift. It's the heart that counts. And so, God, we pray for them. I pray that you would return into their life a hundredfold. I thank you that they would not lack. I thank you that in this season of Thanksgiving and in this season of Christmas and as we come into a new year, I thank you for financial blessing and increase in every area. That, God, we grow in our understanding with you and that, God, we fall more in love with you this season and this year. And, God, it's all associated with the first step of honoring, honoring you, honoring the relationships So, God, we expect it, we declare it, and we release our faith on it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life